Am I going to have to watch Suicide Squad to watch Birds of Prey? No. Because I really want to watch Birds of Prey. <laughs> you absolutely don't. No one should ever have to watch Suicide Squad. Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime. Hold your ears, folks. Here we go. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Feeling It. This week, we are giving you Oscar predictions. So if you are going to an Oscar party and you need to figure out what to put on the ballot, we are here to tell you about it. Before we get into that, though, let's introduce ourselves and answer the question, what is your favorite Oscar acceptance speech? I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and there are so many. I cry during so many Oscar speeches, <laughs> um, but the one that I'll never forget is when Glenn Hansard and Marquetta Irglova won Best Original Song for their film Once, and they went up to go give their speech, and Glenn Hansard like spoke first and he took up all the time. And as soon as Marquetta Irglova <laughs> went to the microphone to like speak, the, the, the cutoff music started playing and they walked off stage and it went to commercial. And then I'm trying to remember who the host was. I think it was John Stewart maybe. Um, so whoever the host yeah. was after we came back for commercial brought Marquetta Irglova back to the stage so that she could also speak give a speech and she gave this beautiful speech about like passion and love and hope in the world and i like you know brought brought me to tears so that was a really magical oscar moment i think uh nice to see you again i just wanted to do something very quickly uh the winners of best song uh marquetta erglova didn't get a chance to say her thank you so I, I just wanted to bring her out here again real quick uh just to get a chance to do you want to come out real quick i'm sorry there you go. Enjoy your moment. Hi. Hi, everyone. I just want to thank you so much. Um, this is such a big deal, not only for us, but all, for all other independent musicians and, and artists that spend most of their time struggling. And this, the fact that we're standing here tonight, the fact that we're able to hold this, is just, um, it's just a proof that no matter how far out your dreams are, it's possible and, you know, Fair play to those who dare to dream and don't give up. And, and this song was written from a perspective of hope, and hope, at the end of the day, connects us all, no matter how different we are. And so thank you so much who helped us along the way. Thank you. Nice. Um, I'm Lucas Schreider, designer in Chicago, and my favorite one is when Sally Fields won the 1985 Oscar for A Place in the Heart. Um, she gives this great speech just about um, just wanting to be liked and um, just really not not being sure that everybody liked her. And this is like the one thing that showed that like everybody liked her. And it felt like really heartfelt and honest in like a very vulnerable way. But yeah. I, I just think her speech is like really, really, really nice. And just it's one of those times that you definitely feel like, yeah, this is it. I like people do like me. It's the one time you get validated in that field. But I want to say thank you to you. I haven't had an orthodox career and I've wanted more than anything to have your respect. The first time I didn't feel it, but this time I feel it, 
and I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Um, well, this week we are talking about the Oscars, but before we get into that, every week we like to talk about something we've, we've either discovered or rediscovered throughout the week. Sandra, what are you feeling this week? Well, Lucas, it's been a while since we've done this. We've taken a few weeks off. Last episode was our top 10, so we didn't do a feeling it. So I'm technically feeling two things this week, but I'm going to be very brief about them. Um, I have... One new album has come out this past weekend, and then another album didn't get recently released, but I recently discovered it. So for me, it's brand new, and I've been listening to these two albums on repeat all weekend, and that's um, Orville Peck's Pony and Kesha's High Road. Um, and the reason I want to bring both of them up, other than the fact that I happened to listen to both of them this weekend, is that I think that they have a lot of similarities, especially in certain songs. Um, are you familiar with Orville Peck at all, Lucas? I am familiar with Orville Peck. <laughs> are you not a fan? Is that why your voice sounds weird? I am not a fan of his music, no. But okay. I, I do love his persona. <laughs> yeah. So I love both his persona and his yeah. music. Um, I love this album. I love that it has like the themes of country western music without sounding like modern day country. That it, I love that he's like a crooner. Um, it's romantic and it's dramatic and passionate and I really, really dig it. Um, one particular track I love is Roses Are Falling. Um, and then every other song is also pretty fantastic. So I've become just like an Orville Peck obsessive in like the past week. Roses are falling, roses from falling. Kesha's new album came out and her album I think is like she, she I'm a major Kesha fan so I like everything she puts out but I really do think that this album is spectacular um it kind of crosses through many genres which is what I like about Kesha um but in relation to Orville Peck she has this one song called Cowboy Blues that feels very similar to like a lot of his music and the songwriting style. I and it's this it's the number one track on the album for me. It's the song that makes me cry. It's the song that I deeply deeply relate to on a personal level being someone who is single in in their 30s. Um it's so heartbreaking and romantic and good. Yes me chance come on just stay why to leave you standing there at the dive bar i miss you with the cowboy blues suit. yeah so cowboy blues is one that i highly recommend people go listen to but also the whole album is a banger so nice are you a kesha fan lucas i am a kesha fan i have not gotten a chance to listen to this whole album yet but from yeah. what i what i've the few songs i have listened to i do really like and she is she's back i love it it's yeah, great yeah she's really back i'm just gonna list off a few of like my top hits on the album but i yeah. think the whole album is worth listening to birthday suit is like not getting a lot of attention yet <laughs> but it is the song that like man cheers me up quick 
and a uh, little bit of love. I think is also she co-wrote that with um, Nate. I think he, how do you say his last name? Roos from Fun, the guy who was from Fun. Oh yeah, yeah. And it sounds like that perfect blend of like what we liked about fun songs back in the day and Kesha's whole vibe. And so that's that's another kind of fun throwback. Um, nice. Yeah. Anyway, so unlike me. Normally, but I'm listening to a lot of music these days. <laughs> You're doing it. Um, what are you feeling, Lucas? Um, this week I am feeling a um, a young adult fiction book from 2015 by Rainbow Rowell called Carry On. Um, this is it's an interesting book. It's the start of a series, but it's kind of a Harry Potter parody um, book. Um, it's basically about a, you know, an orphan boy who goes to a magical school in Great Britain and, you know, there's a evil force that's after him and he's, you know, the chosen one type situation. Um, but it's, it's, it's really, I think, written in a way that, um, I think goes against a lot of the things that Harry Potter is doing. Um, I think the relationships are very interesting in this book. I'm curious to see how the series goes. Um, but if you've read any of any other uh, Rainbow Rowell's uh, young adult fiction books, um, I think she does a really good job of just balancing um, really good characters with realistic um reactions that people have as teenagers and as opposed to you know a big hero's journey arc um i think this one really focuses on what what is actually important to these characters and how do they how do they grow through kind of a lot of this trauma and stuff like that so um this just starts at the end um, of basically what harry potter would be so like his last year of school um and kind of the craziness that happens there i think it's a really interesting read um and i think the relationship he has with his his roommate, um, their frenemy, enemies, um, you know, sexual relationship situation, um, as that kind of blossoms, um, I think is a really interesting thing that, uh, that Harry Potter uh, didn't have. So <laughs> no gay characters in Harry Potter. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people would say Harry Potter did have, but it wasn't as explicit maybe as oh, Raymond Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really surprised to see that this is your pick this week, Lucas. Yeah? Yeah, I would have never guessed that you would have um, been a Rainbow Rowell fan. Have you read other books of hers? This is the first one that I've read. Um, I just okay. have heard a lot of really good stuff about her books. Um, and this is the one that came up first at the library. And so I was like, you know what? I'll check it out. We'll see how it goes. I, I really like her writing. And now I'm going to kind of explore some of her other stuff as well. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember what – I've read two of her books – one of them, I don't remember what it was called, but I didn't love it. It was, but it was kind of her big one that got like her a lot of attention. El Eleanor and Park. Yes. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, it wasn't bad, but I didn't love it. Um, yeah. Then she has another book that I do really love called Fangirl. And yes. in Fangirl is where is the origin of the carry on story that you're reading. Right. Um, right. For anyone who's interested, Fangirl is a novel about a girl um, starting her freshman year of college, and she's having a hard time adjusting to this, like, very new life she's just entered. She's a little antisocial, she's kind of a nerd, and she writes fan fiction about the Simon Snow books, and, and that's kind of how she retreats into... Um, it's what she's good at and what, what she feels comfortable doing. And the novel is really, really good. It's very sweet, very romantic. And, but then 
the and there's passages um from the Simon Snow books that she likes that are these Harry Potter equivalents as well as her own fan, mm-hmm. fan fiction throughout the novel. Um, and so then after writing that book, Rainbow Rowell decided to actually write um, some of these Simon Snow books that she was referencing in her own novel. So it's this kind of like meta storytelling right. going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I would and recommend Fangirl if you're going to read I'm definitely. Yes. After after reading this, I was like, OK, I will go back and read Fangirl because that, that, yeah. that is also one that's been on my list. But since this one came up first, I was like, hey, I'll read it. Yeah. Um, but now I'm really excited to read Fangirl. So. I will say, though, like when I was reading it, I personally, when I read, I like to read things very quickly. So mm-hmm. I, I somehow developed this technique when I was young where I skim past a paragraph if it starts to bore me and I just move on. <laughs> so I did a lot of skimming past all of the Simon Snow, like, yeah. sections in the book yeah because i wanted to just get back to the plot of the actual right. novel i was reading right um so so i couldn't tell you much about simon snow other than i know it's like a harry potter draco malfoy um yeah. equivalent yes yes yeah. but i'm yeah. excited to hear that you're reading it yeah it's fun um it's it, yeah I, I think i think i'm very interested in the way that she writes teenagers um mm-hmm. and i i'm I'm excited about that. I think that's a it's it's a cool talent that uh, not a lot of people have. So <laughs> sure, I'm excited to read more of her work. Oh, well, that's a great pick. I can't wait to hear more about Thanks. it. Um, all right, next up, we have one trailer to talk about this week in our inner out section. Are you ready to talk about F9, the Fast Saga, <laughs> the biggest trailer of the year? Yes. <laughs> A trailer oh, so big, they had to have a concert before it to like yes. announce it. <laughs> J-Lo opened for the trailer. <laughs> oh, Okay, oh. so Fast 9, what do you think? I am so in. I've never been as this much in on a trailer. Um, Lucas, you and I like are obsessed with the Fast and Furious series. I think this one looks like it's... like fitting to be in the series which is all i can ask for um i think it looks as soap opera-y as ever um which i'm also really pleased about (laughs) and then this is a spoiler for anyone who has not seen the trailer spoiler for the trailer there's a big reveal at the end and that han is still alive Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm super in. How are you feeling? These are the things that I'm here for. Is just ridiculousness in the trailer, crazy car stuff that don't matter. Like I have no idea about the physics of this world, and I don't care. Um, I love, I love that this is just kind of brought in as um, we're doing this all again. This is the most. Im- everyone is the most important movie um, so far, which just makes them all crazy. And the fact that we're bringing back characters of old, um, yeah, we're we're getting um, Han is back, uh, Jordana Brewster is back, um, we're getting Helen Miram again. Like this, this, uh, this cast list is the villain is <laughs> yeah. continuing on. Charlize is. Oh like- yeah, Charlize Theron is back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I love it. I love it. This is the the ongoing soap opera of of our lives that will never end, and it's it's the best thing. It, it truly is one of the best things out there. Yeah, and um, Justin Lin is back. Yes, Justin Lin, director of Fast. How many did he direct? He directed, he directed five, Fast Six. Six. I think. He did. He, he definitely five? directed five and six. Yeah. Okay. Um. 
Oh, I'm looking at his producer page, not his director page. Yeah. Yeah. So he directed, yeah, five and six and And Tokyo Drift. So he directed three, four, five, and six. Three, four, five, and six. Yeah. Wow. And five is like regarded as like the best one. The best. So like the fact that he's back to me is like the most exciting thing of all. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he gets the campiness and, and of this um, so I'm, I am excited for him to really just really go all out. Okay. Let's have, I want to hear from you. What are your like top three wishes for this movie? Um, one for them to address the Han situation, like exactly what happened yeah. with mostly with Shaw. I think, I think we, I mean, we put everything on the table. It's exactly what's happening there. That's what I want. I want there to be a little more mourning of Paul Walker in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, with Jordana Brewster back, I do feel like that will come up. Um, and I want a huge showdown between John Cena and Helen Mirren. That's who I want. John I want those Cena two to go and Helen Mirren? Yes. Yes. Rad. I want there to be a, like a will, there, will they, won't they situation between them. <laughs> I would love for Helen Mirren to get in on the action versus just like be the snarky matriarch, you know? Agreed. In the trailer, she is in a car. So right. it's like, let me see her drive a car or at least shoot someone, you know? Like, yes, let yes. Let her do something. Um, that's not one of my wishes. I don't want to use up one of my wishes. <laughs> so, so uh, yes, don't use your wishes. <laughs> All right, okay. what do you wish for? Um, well, this is like, a highly unlikely wish. I know that. But my number one wish, whether it's in a flashback or not, like, I, I don't care how we did get it. I would love for there to be a Gal Gadot cameo. Oh, yes. Like, yes. I, I didn't even think about that. That, that I think that my, needs to happen. That's my number one wish. That's um, true. Even if I take back all of my wishes, <laughs> like just like Han, just like like thinking back, you know, like yes, yeah. Um, so that would be my number one. My number two, and this isn't necessary for me to enjoy the movie, but I do think I would really enjoy it, is if they were to be able to come up with a convincing reason, backstory for why. We've never heard of John Cena as Dom and, and um, <laughs> yes. what's the sister's name? Mia's brother. Mia's like, brother. Or even if it's just Dom's brother. Like, he might be a half-brother. I don't know, like, yeah. what the situation there is. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, if there's a... I want, a, like, a good reason we've literally never heard of Dom's brother yes. when all Dom cares about is family. Who's a heist assassin uh, performance driver. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> feels One like the they would uh, the hang world. out a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like it would come up a lot in their industry. <laughs> right. Because, like, with Hobbs and Shaw, Hobbs has this whole family backstory. But it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. of course we don't... We didn't know what his family backstory was because... Right. You know, it has like nothing was, to do with the rest of his life. <laughs> he, like, we never knew that much about him. He wasn't part of the gang, really. Like, Yeah. Yeah. But, like, Vin, like, we started the series, like, with this, like, family operation. <laughs> yes. Oh, um, my gosh. So, yeah. I would really love for that to happen. Um, and what's my third? Um, oh, my third is that... Uh, and I and this is I think guaranteed gonna happen is that we get like some amazing like better than we've ever seen before action sequences 
with Jordana Brewster and Michelle Rodriguez. That like yes, that yes, they that that like that that's the one that we come away from the movie like with our minds blown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they've always gotten the the short shrift with uh with a lot of the action scenes. So and I've heard I think that would be fantastic. That- Michelle was like highly involved in production this year. Like yes, like yes. in making decisions. So mm-hmm. that's really exciting. Yep. Um, yeah. This is it's gonna be great. <laughs> so you're planning on doing a rewatch, right? Of the whole series? Yes, we're going through we're gonna do one weekend, watch all eight movies and <laughs> what like see are what you we come away with. That, like right before the movie comes out or like sometime between now and then sometime between now and then February in Chicago is, um, it's cold. Uh, so (laughs) it's a great time to just stay in and do nothing. Um, so yeah, we're probably, I I don't know if it'll actually be February because we're moving at the end of February. So probably March will probably, uh, just bunker down and watch them all. Um, have you done the math about how much time, all eight movies actually is i haven't yet i don't want to tell people how long that will actually take right i just want people to Um, get hyped and get involved and do this (laughs) my other question are you going to count are you going to include hobbs and shaw i'm not including hobbs and shaw okay here's my Um, other question oh are you going to include the short film that vin diesel directed okay good yes the short Good. film is 100% included. Absolutely. <laughs> it's canon. Great. Great. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yes. I am planning to try to do a rewatch. I have a group of friends here that I'm trying to convince for us to like re. They've never seen them. Um, yes. And so it'll be yes. a rewatch for me, an introduction to other people. Yep. And Same. We, w- we would do it like one a week over okay. several weeks. Yeah. I think that's probably uh, a more effective way to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm going hard in the paint here. We're really go- We're really doing sure. it. So. <laughs> now, are you going to go in order of release? We're going in order of release, yes. I think I will, yes. too. I think that is yeah. the most fun. Yes. Agreed. I feel like chronologically, it gets real weird. Yeah. I think it would be I think really th- strange to do it chronologically. Yeah. Because three goes after six, if you go chronologically. Right. Um, yeah, which starts, yeah, yeah. I think release makes the most sense. Okay. But it does make for a very rocky beginning of the exactly. series. Exactly. That so. was my one thing when I was <laughs> pitching it to a friend. I was like, okay, but here's the problem. When we did Star Wars, you have like good, bad, good. With this, yeah. it's like rough and then amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so. um, oh, boy. Yeah, so I have never seen, I still have never seen two and three. So this will also oh be my a chance gosh. for me to yes. finally see two and three. I can't believe you haven't seen three. I know, I know. I, for, I keep forgetting that. Oh my gosh. Okay, yes, you have to see three. Yeah. Lucas Black is, is terrible, but that, that, that movie... Well, um, and he's coming back, so like it's going to be back. super relevant. <laughs> yeah, you're going to need to see three for sure. Absolutely. Okay, Um. all right, well... I could talk about this literally all day. So. Yes, we've basically done a whole podcast now just on the Fast and Furious franchise again. Sure. So <laughs> let's move on time, to our yeah. main topic, <laughs> um, the Oscar predictions. Every year, we uh, try to predict the Oscars. We go through, um, make predictions for every category, and at the end, for fun, we give a little bet. So whoever gets the most right has to watch a movie 
um, that the other person chooses. Usually it's something that um, they might not normally have watched or prioritized. Um, and last year I won and you were required to watch Hot Fuzz. So did you watch Hot Fuzz? <laughs> I did. I watched it this past weekend. Okay. Um, I thought it was very fun. There was a lot okay. in it that I really enjoyed. Um, it really reminded me of like Knives Out this year in a fun way. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought it got very ridiculous once it was getting towards the end, like in a way that. Was, oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that <laughs> I feel like I didn't love the ending, but yeah. I thought it was a very fun time. And I really appreciated like especially the camera style that Edgar Wright has in that movie was like mm -hmm. just a fun thing to sit through. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very pleased. Thank you for being gracious this year. <laughs> no problem. We'll see how it goes this year. Right. <laughs> Depending sure. on who wins. So. I will just say that like, yeah, we, we, this, this is our third year doing it. The first mm -hmm. year you won and you made me watch a Western, which you know, I hate. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> And I did not like that movie. And then <laughs> the second year I won and I made you watch the One Direction documentary, which I knew yes, you were not going to be excited about. I was not excited about it at all. No, no, no. I'm... And then this year you were a lot more kind. So if I were to win this year, just know that I would pay that forward. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's we my, shall that see how be this my goes. strategy. <laughs> um, I'm giving right. you that heads up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. All right. Are we ready to get into our predictions for the 2020 Oscars? Yes. Okay. All right. Let's start off with live action short. Yeah. I'll just say that with the short films, normally I try to go watch the short films. They play at my mm -hmm. local theater. And this year I didn't make it to that. So I don't have anything to say about any of the short films. I have predictions based off of other people's yes. predictions. Um, yeah. So my I'm going to see the short films tonight, actually. So, But my predictions are based off of what has won in other categories and stuff like that. So sure. we'll see how this goes. Let's run. Let's run through all the shorts. Yes. So we've got live action short, documentary short, and animated short. What do you have for those three? So live action, I have the neighbor's window. For documentary, oh. I have learning to skateboard, and for animated, I have hair love. All right. For live action short, I have brotherhood. For documentary short, I have learning to skateboard, um, and animated short, I have also have hair love. So. We got one difference so far. All right. That's good. Because I love there it. have been years where we are we have been right exactly yes. like lined yes. up. Yes. So I feel like this is this is a year where we'll have happen. a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um this year I felt very um pessimistic. So I feel like I'm going I'm towing the party line here. Um mm -hmm. and we'll we'll see um if you go with your heart or if you go with your uh your uh I don't know what, what else you would go go with, head. but uh, more head. more of yeah with your head. There you go, there you go. It's like what is the other thing? The, <laughs> you go to your heart or your what? Foot. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the opposite of heart. Yes. Right. Okay. Next up, we've got foreign language film. I think we're probably on the same page here. I we've mean, Parasite. everyone is, is gonna say yeah. Parasite. That's that's. The I don't most, know who's not voting for Parasite. Way to, to win a category if you're it is, like yes. trying to fill out your own Oscar ballot at home. Parasite for foreign language is a no-brainer. Yes, it is definitely, definitely going to win this one. Um, documentary feature, I have American Factory. I do as well. Um, and I yeah. do want to say, I didn't watch a lot of documentaries this year, so I don't mm -hmm. like have a lot of opinions about any of the... I haven't seen any of the nominees, but 
personally, there's one doc this year that I would love to recommend to people. Like, it's my own personal best doc of the year. <laughs> yes. Um, it's called St. Cloud Hill, and it's a locally produced, like, Nashville documentary about um, the about the community here in Nashville that's experiencing homelessness and particularly this in particular this one campsite um that is being torn down by the city while these people live there and it's this incredibly moving well done documentary um that doesn't have like it's not a big like not a lot of people know about it um I wonder where you can find I should have looked that up before it's Definitely available certain places, but I, I would highly recommend people watch it if they're um, passionate about homelessness and want to see like what activism by members of the homeless population looks like. This is a really yeah. great one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Go to stcloudhill.com. That's their website. You can find out more about like where you can watch it and stuff. All right. All right. Cool. Thank you. No problem. Um, moving on to animated feature. I've got Toy Story 4. I do as well. Um, okay. Do you have a personal favorite animated film this year, Lucas? I don't because Toy Story 4 is actually the only one that I've seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I usually see a lot more of these, but not this year. This is controversial, but I would say Frozen 2. I know that like a lot of people think really? it's bad, and I don't think it's actually great. I also did not watch a lot of animated films this year. Um but I also like really loved it. So yeah, even though like I I under, I recognize its flaws. So mm-hmm. that that would technically be my pick if I had nice. to vote. Yeah. Um. Next up, which is a category I have a lot of opinions about, uh, visual effects. Who do you have here? I have 1917. Okay. I have Avengers Endgame. I feel like this is one that um, this is the only Oscar that Avengers Endgame could get. I think this this will be somewhere that everybody kind of wants to recognize the great achievement of the Avengers. I do think 1917 has amazing visual effects, um, but my personal um, award would go to Parasite. Just with the crazy amount of effects that they did for that film, um, I I would 100% give it to yeah. them. Okay, so then there's another one where we differ. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, now we've got sound mixing and sound editing. We do this every year, but <laughs> sound editing is um, recording the actual sound. So a lot of the sound effects, um, all of that stuff is sound editing. Sound mixing is then taking those as sound effects and figuring out how they level in with the music and the dialogue and all of that stuff. So a lot of a lot of times those go to the same. A lot of times they go to different movies. What do you have for sound mixing and editing? I have 1917 for both. Same. Okay. <laughs> um, I watched that again, um, I think, last week. And that movie, this, honestly, the sound in that movie truly is incredible. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. So I do think I do think it's going to win both of those. Is it? If, am I an asshole <laughs> for thinking that those should be a combined category? Uh, it's different people doing them. So I get that it's... it's uh, it's weird to have them as separate category. So, but yeah. what I would do is, like... It would be nice just to do a sound category and give it just to the whole sound team. Gives yes. everybody, everybody on the saying. sound team gets an Oscar. Yeah. I, I think it would be nice, but I think the industry itself really wants to talk about the difference between those two. The people in those industries do not I'm just want saying, uh, shared. <laughs> they're doing a lot of 
I think, sketchy shit to try to make <laughs> this award show more interesting. And of all the things that they, decisions they could make, I feel like something like that would not be that sketchy. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. For I think it viewer, makes sense. The viewers and, don't understand it. It pads the runtime. Those people always give you, the worst acceptance speeches. <laughs> also, it's it feels like such a strange technical difference. It's like, yeah, yeah, I get that they're two different jobs and two different people do it. But like in costume design, there's someone that like designs the costumes and someone that makes the costume. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. different people do we different also, jobs in lots of departments. Yeah. We have a category called makeup and hairstyling. Yeah, <laughs> so. two very different jobs. <laughs> yeah. So, so I get it. I get it. Yeah. I'm with I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> okay. Um <Thank> so <laughs> speaking of two things that could just be one, we'll just say song and score, we could just, you know, dial that into one Oscar. It doesn't say, matter at all. <laughs> no, I will I will say yeah. those should be separate. I agree. I agree. Those are very different things. Like yes, music. <laughs> but People Ooh. like remember a song in the way that they don't remember a score and vice versa. I 100% agree. I okay. 100% agree. <laughs> so, okay, for for song, what do you have? I have um I'm going to love me again from Rocket Man. Yes, same. I think that's the runaway favorite here. Yeah. Um again, Rocket Man's probably only only shot at an Oscar and Do you have um, a personal best original song pick? Um, I I honestly do think it's that one. I really love that song. Um, I feel like every year the 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 weird ones um, don't even get nominated, or the the ones that I really love don't get nominated. So this year for me, it's the song from Wild Rose Clasico. But I mean, yeah. if we're just talking about the nominated ones, well, I'm, I'm going with Rocket Man. Not just talking about the nominated ones because okay. I don't like All any right. of those songs. Mine <laughs> yeah. is also No Place Like Home from Wild Rose. Oh, No Place Like Glasgow. Oh, yeah. Is that what it's called? No yeah. Place Like Glasgow. Yes. Yeah. From Wild yes, I 100% agree. It is by far the best song of the year. I don't know why it's not nominated, but they so do this silly. every year. Yep. Um, all right. For score, who do you have? Joker. Yes. Same. Um, I think this is absolutely the <laughs> uh, runaway favorite. I don't think it's my favorite score. I think my favorite score um, is Little Women. I, I absolutely mm, yeah. love, love that score. Um, but I do think Joker's going to win it. My personal pick would be Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, mm, yes. Like that score is such a good one. I've listened to it so many times. Um, but I will say the score is the one thing about Joker that I did appreciate. So it's true. It is my favorite thing about Joker. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I'm no. not mad about it winning best score like that doesn't no. frustrate. No, me. not at all. Yeah. No. All right. Production design. I've got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I do as well. Okay. Um, do you have <laughs> yeah, a personal I think, favorite uh, for? Uh, my personal favorite is 1917 for production design. I just think that the amount of work that has to go into that with the amount of shots that they did and the, the amount of, uh, I guess, scope of those shots, um, I think it's truly an incredible feat to get all of that done. Yeah. How about you? Mine is Ad Astra. Mm, yeah. I mean, I feel that like. That is a beautiful movie. <laughs> the best thing about that movie is the world building of the sets mm-hmm. that they've created. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that that one really blew me away. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, worthy, worthy winner. Like, yes. Yeah. And I think definitely like coming back to 1960s Hollywood and making it look um, authentic, especially with how much they shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a that's a runaway winner there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next two categories, we have makeup and we have hairstyling. Um, <laughs> 
who will win this weird combined category? Um, bombshell. Bombshell. Yep. Same. Um, this is the same team that did uh, Darkest Hour um, mm. with uh, Gary Oldman's Winston Ch- yeah, yeah. Churchill. Um, I think, yeah, a, lo- a lot of phenomenal makeup. I think the industry absolutely loves to see someone look exactly like someone else. So right. Right. <laughs> Megan Kelly. Um, I ha- I was trying to think if I had a personal pick for hair and makeup styling. And Lucas, did you ever see her smell? I still didn't see it. Nope. I, I really it. would love for you to. I'm very curious what you would think of it. Um, that movie is about like this girl punk rock band. And I really appreciated the choices that they made with like all the wild varying hairstyles and smudged makeup looks that they gave. The glitter and the smudged eyeliner and the dyed hair. And um, I, I, I really like being transported to like that world via hair and makeup. So that would be my personal. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I don't know if I have a personal pick for, for hair and makeup, but I feel like some years we do, um, when there's like an amazing effects makeup, like, yes. Yeah. Um, I hate to bring it up, but like suicide squad <laughs> won an Oscar because of that crocodile man, you know? Uh, um, yeah. And so like, w- w- that's probably, there's probably better examples, but that's the one that comes to mind when there's some like, human like human realistic makeup uh, versus just you making a cgi creature um i think that's always appreciated yeah okay costume design um i've got little women i'm assuming you've got little women i do also have little women (laughs) yeah i feel like this is also um from i think sadly one of the few places that little women will win an oscar um but i think it's a, a guaranteed lock for them yep if I had to give an Oscar out, though, even though I think the costumes in Little Women are amazing, I would give it to Rocket Man. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good pick. I did not think about that, but very yeah, similarly good. to hair and makeup, where like they're rewarding yeah. someone for just looking like someone else. I yeah. think the recreation of those specific costumes mm-hmm. uh, throughout the decades of Elton John's career is like re- award worthy. Yes, I agree. I agree. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. We've got film editing and cinematography. I think these two um, usually tie together well. And usually what has happened in the past is whatever film wins film editing also wins best picture. Um, That started to fall off in the past couple of years. Um, But depending on your pick, let's see if it lines up. I will say, like, from my understanding, there are three categories that are the best predictors of best picture, you know, like it's hard Mm -hmm. to get best picture without winning at least one of those three categories. And that's editing director and then, or one of the screenplay categories. Right. Um, Right. So yeah. And the, the interesting thing about this year is that one of the front runners for best picture, 1917 doesn't have any editing. So it isn't Mm -hmm. even (laughs) qualified for that category. So something else could win it, but you know what I mean? That that's not necessarily like a an indicator. Is it's not as good of an indicator this year, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So my pick for best film editing is Parasite. I do love Parasite's editing. I feel like a lot of times the film editing um, award goes to the most edited movie. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, Bo- Bohemian Rhapsody won. So it's, I think a lot of times they like to really show off. It's like, oh, this, these people did a lot of work on this movie. <laughs> um, and so that's why this year I have Ford v. Ferrari winning um, film editing. Sure. There's a lot of car stuff, a lot of quick cuts. I think I think 
editors um, love a good car movie. So we'll see how that goes down. Um, now, cinematography. I've got 1917. I think Roger Deakins is a lock. Um, I'm assuming you have it as well. <laughs> I do have that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Another one of those that I think is uh, there's no reason to even talk about that. If you're putting one thing down in your sure. ballot um, and it's um, not foreign language film, you better be cinematography for 1917. Do you have a personal pick, though? My personal pick, I I think Ad Astra has great cinematography. I absolutely love. Um, it kind of goes with the production de- design stuff. Just the sure. the way that movie is shot is absolutely beautiful. Um, and I would love for it to get some recognition here, but you know. yeah, mine would be Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm, also, a beautifully shot movie. Yeah. All right, we got our screenplays: original screenplay and adapted screenplay. Who do you have here? Um, let's start with adapted. Sadly, I have Jojo Rabbit. Um, I also have Jojo Rabbit for adapted. <laughs> I'm so bummed about this because it really was looking like Little Women was going to take it, and yes. Now the the idea is that Jojo Rabbit will most likely win. And yeah. I did not like Jojo Rabbit. I think it's very bad. Mm. And so it's one thing for like a movie that's deserving but not your favorite to beat your favorite. Um, it's another thing for a movie that you actively dislike to beat a movie that you think is the best of the year. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and this category should be a slam dunk for her because like – yeah the movie is so amazing because she did such a good job at specifically adapting that script. Um, I a hundred percent agree. So yeah, this is one where I think Greta Gerwin, it, Greta Gerwig is having her awards stolen from her. Yes. Are you, um, I, I also thought it was locked for her. Um, but with, yeah, the golden globes and the BAFTAs, um, choosing Jojo rabbit. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going with Jojo rabbit here, which is very sad, but I will be extremely excited if she, if she wins it. I, I think she deserves it. I a hundred percent think this is, this should have been her, yeah. uh, Oscar, yeah. but who do go. you have for original screenplay? For original screenplay, I have once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, I think this is one that, um, Everybody loves a Hollywood movie, and especially the people in Hollywood. And I think just the the they love Tarantino. They want to give him an award. Um, I don't think so. Spoiler alert: I don't think he's going to win a director or picture. So I think this is this is this is where he gets that award. Yeah. Um, I'm deciding to go with Parasite. Oh, you're really in on Parasite. I think you think it's going all the way. Um, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think. You know, I just I'm I've got a little bit of hope this year, recently because it just yeah. won the BAFTA for best original screenplay. Yep. Um, I don't know. I just like I'm I'm putting some I'm putting some money behind it. We'll talk about yeah. it more later. Personally, yes. my pick would have been Marriage Story though. Uh, same, same. My pick would have been Marriage Story for best original screenplay as well. Yeah. But I would be so pumped if Parasite wins it. Yeah. All right. Um, do we want to do all the acting categories together? Yes, I feel because like, I think I feel like they're all yeah. know what they're all going to be. They're all a lock. So what do you have for all the acting categories? Brad Pitt for supporting, Laura Dern for supporting, Joaquin Phoenix for best actor, Renee Zellweger for best actress. I have the exact same. Yeah. Okay. I think I think this is <laughs> I think this is uh, set in stone. Um, yes. I know last year there were a lot of 
Um, a lot of back and forth between Glenn Close and what is her name? Well, there was a lot of back and forth between Glenn Close and Lady Gaga. And then Olivia Coleman snuck in and won the whole damn thing. Yes, true. That's that that that's what it was. So it was, the, so that was an upset, but it wasn't I don't I don't think it was as much of an upset because there was back and forth in the early awards. Right. Um with the SAG and the um the, the Golden Globes and stuff like that. Um so this these four have basically won this award at every um at every turn. So I don't expect there to be any upsets here. Yeah. Which is such a bummer, honestly. Like these are the most fun categories because like they are. like celebrities. And for it yeah. to be this predictable is yes. not fun. Um, if there is an upset, which category would you think it would be in? That's a great question. I think it would be Florence Pugh for Best Supporting. I also think it would be that category. I think Best Supporting Actress is um, the least locked, which is uh, – I mean, it is locked, but it is the yeah. least locked, I guess. Um, um, but I think ScarJo could probably – Ugh, come through with that one. That would be so I don't annoying. want her to. I don't want her to. I just think that that could be where what happens there. My personal pick for best support. Like, can, we, can we run through our personal if we could pick a winner for each of these categories? Yes. For supporting actor, I would say Timothy Chalamet and Little Women. For supporting actress, I would say Florence Pugh and Little Women. For best actress, I would say Saoirse Ronan and Little Women. And for best actor, I would say Adam Driver and Marriage Story. Okay. <laughs> Those are my... If I if I had a ballot, that's who I'd be voting. If you were in charge, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, for best uh, supporting for yeah for best supporting actor, I would pick Brad Pitt. Um, for best supporting actress, I would pick Florence Pugh. Um, for best leading or sorry, yeah, best leading actor, I would pick Adam Driver, and best leading actress, I would put pick Saoirse Ronan. Okay. So you so really only differ is Brad Pitt. That's where we only differ. Yeah, but yeah. I harshly differ. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Uh, all right, now these last two are like the big ones, the one yes. that will decide the night. Yes, and probably this uh, this, this bet. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I am. Uh, so for director, I will say I have Sam Mendes, and for best picture, I have 1917. Okay, for best director, I also have Sam Mendes and for best picture I have Parasite wow yeah wow so you're going with Sam Mendes but Parasite for best picture I am I am that okay. has happened a lot lately I think it used it has. to be in many years past best director and best picture were always the same and I feel mm-hmm. in most of the recent years it's been split I could yep. very easily seeing it split again this year um, yeah, and then I also, could see it getting split the other way though too. Of Bong Joon Ho getting yeah, director that's the thing. It's a tricky, tricky picture. year. Um, yeah, I think it could split the other way. But here's my reasoning. I think 1917. I think people think is a great movie, but I think mm-hmm. more than that, they think it's a great achievement. You know. Yep. And. When you think of who you want to reward for that achievement, I think people are going to have a hard time not voting for Sam Mendes. Like, yeah. like he's yeah. the one that I think they want to reward. You know, mm-hmm. this doesn't have any acting nominations. It doesn't have uh, – it has a screenplay nomination, but it's not going to win. You know, like yeah. it doesn't have an editing nomination. It's – from the movie is the cinematography and the directing. Um 
And that's what I think it's going to win. And I think you're right. I think 1917 has, like, the biggest shot of winning Best Picture. Obviously, like, if someone's trying to fill out their ballot at home, Lucas is the safe choice, 100%. And I'm going against my own motto this year, which my motto for making Oscar predictions is don't have hope. And (laughs) this year, I have a little bit of hope. I just think that, like, the Academy that, like, that awarded... Moonlight and Spotlight might want to award Best Parasite this year. I would love it if that happens. This is my Moonlight situation where I didn't, I don't think I picked Moonlight because I didn't think that it would actually win. Right. Um, I would love it if, um, I would love it if Parasite won. Um, yeah. I think that is, I mean, it, it's that's my number one movie of the year. Obviously, I would, <laughs> I would want it to win. Um, but I do, I am being pessimistic. I do think Sam Mendes will walk away with this just because of, um, uh, mostly the preferential ballot, which we'll get into it here in a second. <laughs> yeah, so actually, I think that's why Parasite might win, is because of the preferential Interesting. ballot. Um, okay. Do you want to explain what the preferential ballot is? Um, yes. So how the preferential ballot works is basically everybody ranks um, the the Best Picture nominees. Everybody who's voting for them ranks them in the order that they um, that they would prefer. And so this actually works a lot like the caucus. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you, you rank them. And then if number one doesn't get, oh, what's the percentage? Uh, 50%. 50%. Yeah. So if, if a number, if an, if a picture doesn't have 50% the, of the votes, the movie that has the most votes doesn't have 50% yes, of them. Yeah. 50%. Um, then they cut the one with the lowest votes and then the votes get redistributed redistributed. So let's say you had Ford V Ferrari as your number one. Um, and it has the lowest amount of votes for number one. Um, then it gets cut and we go to your number two. Right. Um, your number two becomes your number one and then they redistribute at and add all those votes. Yes. So again, same thing. If, if a picture doesn't have 50% of the votes, we do it again. Um, so this is where I think 1917 will come in. And I think you feel the exact same way about Parasite, yeah. um, is that I think 1917 will get the majority of the number one votes. And I, I think Parasite could come in a close second, but I think more people will have 1917 as their number two vote than Parasite has as their number two vote. Yeah. I just think that like, uh, I think, and I think the opposite, I think that Parasite is yeah. going to have a lot of one, twos and threes. Um, Whereas 1917, I think, might have a lot of ones, but not... I think people either love it Not enough twos and threes. You know, like, I think Parasite people love... It's just a matter of how much. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one's saying that Parasite, like, isn't good. Um, Right, right. Whereas I think that there are people that, like, don't love 1917. Like, Mm -hmm. they respect it, but they don't love it. Yes. You know? I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the the movies that will probably be get cut first. Yeah. Um, the movies with kind of lower ones, like Jojo Rabbit, Ford v Ferrari. I think those are probably the two will probably be like the two lowest, hopefully, um, <laughs> on the list. And I think Marriage people story. like that will, yeah, Marriage Story. I think people like that. Well, I don't, I don't know about Marriage Story, but I definitely think like Ford v Ferrari people, Jojo Rabbit people, maybe Irishman and Joker people. Those people would put 1917 as their second, mm-hmm. but. But here's hoping for Parasite, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the thing is that this is like not good logic, but let me tell you, here's some of my logic, okay? (laughs) I'm looking back on past years, right? Mm -hmm. Years where I was happy with the winner versus not happy with the winner, okay? So like Moonlight um, won 
but it didn't have like a villain per se. It had La La Land, which was also a good movie. Um, yeah. And the same thing I think with Spotlight and recently the ones where it's like you can't have hope are when it's like green book like a movie that like we don't want to win is definitely gonna win. you know what i mean and this yeah. year there isn't like a, a big villain there's not i mean i don't like jojo rabbit and but that's not up for winning and i didn't love 1917 but i'm not mad about it you know what i mean it's not the kind of movie that like like i understand why people would want it to win best picture um, and yeah. I just think when there's not that movie that's like, this is, or like three billboards, you know, like this is a social justice, but not really cause it's bad and it has outdated, um, views movie that is like what the Oscar awards and that doesn't, isn't really present this year. Um, so I think maybe Parasite has a better chance. We'll see. I don't know. I could be fully talking out of my ass. I have a little hope this year, and we'll see if it, this is the fun it part. Kills me. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I have no and hope. So, <laughs> like I mentioned earlier, I gave editing and screenplay to Parasite, and I think yeah. it needs both of those in order to win Best Picture. If it, I agree. If we're watching the show and Parasite loses both editing and screenplay, then I think it's a wash. Like nineteen seventeen yep. has got it. Yep, definitely. So. We will see early, early like, this year. I feel like I haven't seen it, but like Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems, like I'm betting it all on. Yes. It's all got to work out in one specific Garnett, way. Garnett, points and rebounds and tip. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. Parlay, right? I don't know. Parlay. There you go. Yes. All right. We are not good at betting. Yeah. Um, okay. So like we mentioned, there's this preferential ballot where people rank their t- all the Best Picture nominees. Um, and I thought it would be fun if we gave our ranking as if we were Academy voters. Um, like how would you Lucas rank the, be- the nine best picture nominees? The nine best picture nominees for me would be number one, parasite number two, little women, number three, marriage story, number four, 1917, number five, Jojo rabbit, number six, once upon a time in Hollywood, number seven, Ford V Ferrari, number eight, the Irishman and number 10 Joker. Okay. Um, I will say I still have not seen Ford V Ferrari or the Irishman. Um, but I'm going to go off of buzz and, and write them (laughs) according to buzz. Like a, like a normal Academy voter. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Um, so number one for me would be parasite. Number two, little women, not little women. Hang on. Hang on. Wait, what? This is how you would vote? Yeah. If you were voting in the academy, you would not vote for little little you would not vote no, for little women. I as wouldn't. You're... Because like I said, Lucas, there's a difference in our top ten episode. There's a difference between a personal favorite and a cultural favorite. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. I agree. But and I thought I thought that you would throw that out the window if you got a vote. <laughs> also, let me tell you, if I'm an yeah. academy voter, um, I yeah. know that the two that are like have the best chances are 1917 and Parasite. And so like I'm voting with my allegiance. I'm voting with the Democratic nominee, no matter who it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I get it. I get it. it. This is a chess move, not a Valentine. Yes. Go for it. Oh, I love (laughs) that. Um, (laughs) So Parasite one, little women two, marriage story three. Um, 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood 4, 1917 5, and then I haven't seen, like I said, The Irishman or Ford v. Ferrari, but I'm probably going to go Irishman, then Ford v. Ferrari. Um, Then Jojo Rabbit, Joker last. All right. Yeah. Um, I think that's a pretty good ranking. Thanks. Thank um, you. Yeah. I, I... Again, just to recap what we said in our last episode, but I think this is a good year for movies. I had a lot of fun this year. Um, Some of the best movies were some of the best ever. Um, (laughs) It was great. It was a lot of fun. Sure. So I'm I'm excited for this Oscar, um, even if it all goes sideways and nobody wins what I want them to win. Yeah. So another thing that I should point out now that we've given all of our predictions, there are five categories in which you and I differ. Um. Those are, just to recap, live action short film. You Mm -hmm. have Brotherhood. I have The Neighbor's Wife. Um, Visual effects. You have Avengers Endgame. I have 1917. Best editing. You have Ford v. Ferrari. I have Parasite. Original screenplay. You have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I have Parasite. And best picture. You have 1917. I have Parasite. Um, I do, I do like that it's five categories, meaning there's no way we can tie. Like, correct, correct. Yeah, there, there definitely um, will be a winner. We, we shall see. It'll be fun. Are you doing anything crazy for the Oscars? Oh, am I? I am having an Oscars extravaganza. Um, we are dressing up in formal wear this year. Nice. And um. Last year, I had a pun-based menu, if you'll remember. Um, mm-hmm. I had nine different dishes um, of that all tied into a movie's pu- title with a pun. Um, for instance, I had a cocktail with that was champagne with cranberry sorbet. I called it the Black Cranther. Um, well done. There was there's many other examples that I don't remember <laughs> at the moment. But this year, I have 16 different dishes. And wow. I'm going all out, and I'm excited. I've already started to cook. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right. All right. Well, have a happy Oscars, Lucas. My yes. favorite time of the year. Absolutely. It's better than Christmas. Here we are. That's 100%. <laughs> um, I'll see you on the other side. All right. Sounds good. Good luck, everybody. Win your ballot. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home. Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 